breaking down the biggest stories. One more time for the slower elected officials. When you represent a district, your function is to represent all the people in your district, not only the people that agree with you. Talking about what really matters. If you're one of those people, if you don't like pizza, first thing, why? what's wrong with you? Two, why is that? How can that be a thing that you don't like pizza? Too messy? And don't tell me you eat pizza with a fork, please. And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Hello, political poll. I never have before, but go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Okay. All right. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Got the brand new headphones on today. I can hear so clearly and crisply. You don't know how big a deal that is because I broke mine last week and like I've been suffering with the, uh, not to belittle the studio headphones, but not the same thing. You gave me my Sony Professionals. Oh my goodness. Little shout out for Sony there. All right, we're going to get right to it. Big race. Wisconsin Supreme Court. A lot of other races, we'll, we'll try to dip into those as well. But are you surprised this morning? In this neck of the woods, this part of the states, a lot of people thought Judge Jennifer Doro would advance to the general election in April. She didn't. She was not successful. But there are bigger takeaways here when it comes to this race. I'll give you a few, just off the top of my head. I, I'm a radio host, but I make I have no illusion and I make no claims that what I say about a race should somehow influence other people's decision making. And if yesterday say said anything about Wisconsin politics, is that the days of the influencer and the big squawker voices influencing how people vote may be over. That's a big, big claim. But there was a lot of conversation how Jennifer Dora was the hot candidate. I interview, interviewed her a couple weeks ago. Very pleasant, smart. Matter of fact, I took my interviewer hat off and complimented her on her work with the Daryl Brooks case. That being said, Wisconsinites spoke pretty clearly yesterday, very clearly, especially to the future of the state Supreme Court, which is right now leaning conservative. However, that will change potentially in April. If Janet Protosewitz, who did very well last night, significant votes. Matter of fact, I don't know if we approached a million votes, but uh, this was a uptick in what we generally see in the spring primary in Wisconsin, which I spent some time yesterday just not understanding why in the world people don't vote. But people turned out yesterday, again, not as much or not as many as we, we, we should expect, given what's at stake. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. I'm curious what you think about where this race is going and what happened yesterday. Another takeaway, and I have Dan Daniel Kelly, Judge Daniel, Justice Daniel Kelly, on the show at 10.08 today. Janet Protosewitz is going to be hard to beat. Tremendous support yesterday. So she blew everyone else out of the water. Now, that's no guarantee that she'll win this race. 
But there's a bigger point here to be made, and this is going to make some of my Republicans' friend, friends unhappy. Wisconsin voters, I'm starting to think, like a, like a bit of divided government. Why do I say that? We have a, a legislature controlled by Republicans. Heavily controlled by Republicans. Great majorities. Not super majorities, but great majorities. At the same time that's happening, we just elected a Democratic governor for a second term. Divided government. Look to the states, to the U.S. Senate races and offices, right? One of the most liberal senators in the country is one half of our representation when it comes to the U.S. Senate in Wisconsin, Tammy Baldwin. In a state that's nowhere near as liberal as a New York or a California. But here we are. And she wins, usually, in landslides. And much of the conversation about Wisconsin politics as of late has been about control. Democrats want to get it back. They had it in the pre-Walker era for a while. And as I often say, power corrupts. Their missteps. They lost control. Republicans seized it, and we know what the next 10, 11, 12 years have looked like. I'm not making assessments of leadership during that time, but I'm starting to think that Wisconsin voters like divided government. And in the case of the Wisconsin Supreme Courts, not to forecast the April election, because anything could happen, Justice Daniel Kelly could win, and Judge Janet Protasiewicz could also win. But just perhaps, think about this for a second, and we'll go to break. We'll come back and get your texts and calls, 855-616-1620. Is this a message from the voters in Wisconsin, albeit in a spring primary, which doesn't get the massive turnouts we see in presidential elections or Senate elections, understood, although we had a a significant uptick based on year-to-year in the number of people casting votes yesterday, Is this Wisconsin voters saying to our leaders, you know what, we don't want the Supreme Court used as a political tool in the sense that we want the legislature and the governor to work together. We want them to actually do the work, not point fingers, not play games, not have political tantrums, not talk to each other, all of those things that I've been talking about for two years while other people have been yelling about emails they got sent to them. Perhaps this is the voters, and again, lots can happen. Nothing is determined. April is April. We're in primary season still, assessing the results of yesterday's turnout and what happened. But is this the voters of Wisconsin saying, you know what? We think it might be dangerous, dangerous, if we have a Republican-led legislature and a conservative-leaning Supreme Court going forward. I know that's the case right now. But going forward, given what's happening in the state of Wisconsin, given that we appear to love divided governments, Maybe that's a message that's being sent. Again, lots of heavy lifting to do for both candidates. We'll discuss after this on WTMJ. 
Talking about the U.S. Supreme Court race, now moving to the April general election. As of last night, I think around 10, these are the numbers I've got. Uh, Janet Protasewicz, about 46%. Kelly, literally half that. Now, again, what happens in a primary is not always indicative of what's going to happen in the general. So keep that in mind. So this is not a, a lost effort for conservatives. But it's no, no secret that a lot of these squawkers and experts, air-quoting experts, predicted that Doro would win this race, and Doro gave conservatives the best chance to win in April. I don't buy that. If you're conservative in Wisconsin, Dan Kelly's your guy. He's a pretty strict conservative, if that's your thing. Now, as I often say about politicians, and you're welcome to join the conversation, by the way, 855-616-1620, call or text. This is an interesting race because it's going to determine, in many ways, what the state does over the next 10 or 20 years. Issues like gerrymandering, or redistricting, I should say. Abortion. Or women's rights issues. Now, because I always try to tie my show poll, which you can find on Twitter, the twits, at 620WTMJ or at WTMJ Steve. Give me a follow if you could. I laid out what I think are the big issues. And I could have added others, but you only get so many choices. What's the number one issue in this race? And you guys have blown this thing up already. We're at almost 300 votes, and we just started. Abortion. Women slash women's rights. 51%. Are we going to go back to the 1800 law, 1849? Or are we going to revise? Even conservative talkers have said the absolutism of that law probably needs to be tweaked, and plenty of conservatives have said we can do something about that. Versus the other side, which wants to remove most restrictions on abortion. Now, a a, a texter, and I, I read the ones that don't agree with me, said you just want the liberals to win. No. Didn't say that. Didn't vote for a liberal in the race. I'm also not pro-abortion. I want I want abortion to be rare and restricted. So you can assume things, but we all know when you assume, what happens, right? Usually not a good thing. A lot of people on the text line talk about the money in this race. We're just getting started, folks. Janet Protasewicz took in more money than all three of the other candidates combined. That will continue. And the big question for conservatives, both the people voting and watching this race and the candidate himself, will a big conservative donor or donor step up and spend a heck of a lot of money in this race? We're talking $20 million, $30 million. Will somebody write checks that big? They didn't in the primary. Will they do it in the general? From the old National Bank talking text line, women, women's rights matter. Well, of course they do. Men's rights matter. Uh, Texas is very surprised. I think a lot of people woke up this morning if they went to bed early and were surprised because Doro in this part of the state was, a, was the expected winner. And she didn't win. But again, that speaks to the power of the, of the state's. It's not just about Milwaukee, southeastern Wisconsin. We have this incredible bias here that somehow the will of this area has to determine the will of everywhere else. And I'm a guy who is very pro-Milwaukee. But I also understand there's a reality that exists outside of this 
part of the state that we have to acknowledge and recognize and respect. And this was the voters on the conservative side in Wisconsin saying, appreciate what Judge Doral did in the Daryl Brooks case, but this is something else. This is bigger than that. Gary joins us from Portage. First up, hey, Gary, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve, good morning from a traffic jam between Plano, <laughs> Texas, and Dallas. Wow, you're on the road. I'm li- yeah, I'm listening on the phone. It's a great thing. You can tell Wexler uh, streaming is a wonderful thing. Otherwise, I wouldn't be listening right now. I appreciate that. I'll hey, pass that Steve. on. Yes. Yeah, what uh, my, my comment always has been in voting, because you know, I have no idea what the actual total amount was that voted. Um, I've always gone by the number of voters on each side of the aisle as was more of a tell than the percentage of the winners. So, you know, if you could tell me how many voted for the Republican side between Doro and Kelly, and and I still can't pronounce the young lady's name from Porto Sandwich. I think it's the, around yeah, fi- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's around fifty four forty six, but that was as of ten p.m. I'll I'll look up the the latest numbers and get it. So it was pretty significant in a state that we both know is very divided, usually around, you know, 51 percent, the 49, sometimes in, you know, very, very close. So that's a significant margin. Does that mean the conservatives are not going to win this race in April? Absolutely not. Oh, absolutely not. No, this is still a conservative state. Yep, I'm going to still continue to listen, but I got to get off the phone because I am just, it's it's kind of a, Roadblock. <laughs> right. Be safe, Gary. Thanks for thanks for the long distance call. I love that. And that stream, if you haven't checked it out, a ton of our listeners, that's how they connect. They're not in the area. They listen on the stream. And it's good to always hear that the positive reinforcement from our listeners and fans all over the place. Uh two six two on the old National Bank talking text line. Oh, I will only vote for the rights of women. Most important issue to me, Democratic. Uh Steve, this is from PJ. Wisconsin usually votes for good, honest, hardworking people. For years, we, ha- we have been held hostage by the few in power. They have lied. Remember Voss saying he would do something that, so that abortion would not be an issue? What did he do? Nothing. Well, not yet. Uh, well, the voters voted and want change, not talk from our do-nothing politicians. Yes, women's rights matter, and women vote. That's the other one of the big pieces of this tally from yesterday. The power of women. In areas... Even very conservative areas, you know, referred to as the wow counties and other terms like that. The surprising strength of a Janet Protosewicz, or wits, I should say. Protosewicz. It's a hard name to say, but we'll get it. We'll, we'll craft it and we'll get it perfect. The power she had in traditionally strong conservative Republican areas is something to be reckoned with. And I'll look up the margins during the break, but if it if it indeed is fifty four forty six or or like that, that's going to be a tough road to hold for conservatives. What do you think? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. What is your big issue? I mentioned a few in my show poll. Crime. Maybe it's health care, women's rights, abortion, education. Governors proposed a ton. Billions of dollars directed towards improving educational performance of our young people. I have strong opinions on that. Not always solved by dollars. Where do you fall? We'll discuss after this. Lots of text on this issue. Love to have your phone calls as well. Gary called us all the way from his 
return from Texas trip. Uh, from the 815, thank you for the long-distance listen. As always, the Supreme Court voted 4-3 to uphold the results of the 2020 election. This means that three of the justices were willing to overturn the results of an election based on little to no evidence. I would go with the no evidence. This race is important to guarantee integrity in future presidential elections. I'm going to actually spend some time on that exact conversation in the next half hour. There's a couple messages sent yesterday, many messages sent by voters, even in a spring primary. And one of them had to do with this. And you have to look no further than the state Senate, Senate race where Janelle Branchin was destroyed by Dan Canoto. Now, he has a, a tough race against a Democrat in April, but that's a message. And just before we go to the news here with Debbie, I sense that voters in Wisconsin, two things are happening. One, if you're a believer in election uh, shenanigans or you think the election was rigged, you pretty much shut up about it For most, in most cases. You still think that, but you don't say it out loud in a public setting. That's one thing. And the other one is that there's a lot of conservative Republican voters, moderate Republican voters, independent Republican voters, if there is such a thing, who said, you know what? This is BS. This Trump mania that consumed this country for as long as it has is dumb and ridiculous. Doesn't mean there, were, there weren't some important messages buried in there, like too much government is a bad thing, which I agree with. But all the surroundings, the trappings of absurdity and lunacy. Voters have said enough with that. We're done. And the idea that one group should control everything has led to incredible hyper-partisanship, which at the end of the day doesn't get things fixed, which as you know if you listen to this show, I've said it over and over again, is the chief responsibility of lawmakers not to talk, not to issue press releases, not to argue, but to actually accomplish things that make our lives and our quality of life better. It's not that complicated, folks, but you have to have politicians and voters willing to say that. And perhaps yesterday they did. Our breaking news time here is 9.31. From the WTMJ Breaking News Center, here's Debbie Lazica. All right, Steve. Decision, Wisconsin. Janet Protasiewicz wins big in the primary for state Supreme Court. She'll go up against runner-up Dan Kelly in the general election this April. For complete election results, text the word results to the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. A five-year-old boy is dead, the latest victim of gun violence in the city of Milwaukee. Two people are in custody for that shooting near 29th and National. A deadly police shooting on the northwest side. This happened near 91st and Silver Spring. Milwaukee police acknowledge there is video from a witness circulating on social media that shows officers dragging the suspect's body after he was shot. An investigation is underway to determine if there was any conduct violations from their officers. Time for news about your money and the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. Right now, the Dow is down 45 points to 33.084. The NASDAQ is down 39 to 11,453. And the S&P is down 10 to 3,985. Annex Wealth Management, know the difference. From the WTMJ Traffic Center, yeah, yeesh, it is getting ugly out there. Slippery stretches everywhere, ice-covered roads 
pretty much all of southeast Wisconsin, all of Kenosha's ice-covered. We've got most of Waukesha County ice-covered as well. Slippery stretches and icy in Milwaukee County as well. Um, right now we're not seeing delays per se because volume is relatively light. I think people have heeded the warnings about driving around in this. It's just going to get a lot worse. It's getting ugly out there, so you want to be extra careful. Traffic is sponsored by Harwood Place Senior Living. Stay healthy and happy for years to come at Harwood Place Senior Living with fine and casual dining, entertainment, a health clinic, and more. Schedule a tour today at harwoodplace.org. And your WTMJ five-day forecast, a winter storm warning is in effect and runs through noon tomorrow. An ice storm warning is also in effect for Kenosha, Racine, and Walworth counties through noon tomorrow as well. But as for today... Snow, sleet, freezing rain, windy with a high of 32. Tonight, isolated snow showers, cloudy, windy with a low of 31. Tomorrow, isolated snow and sleet, windy again with a high of 38. For Friday, increasing clouds, a high of 25. Saturday, snow possible early, then becoming sunny, a high of 38. And a little bit of a respite on Sunday, mostly sunny with a high of 38. Right now in Appleton, it's 25 degrees. McGuanago, 31. And in Milwaukee, 31 degrees. I'm Debbie Lazaga, Siding Unlimited, WTMJ News Time, 934. Coming up after the break, did election integrity play a role yesterday and will play a role in April? We'll ask that question after this. Hey, former radio wake-up guy Gene Miller here for my friends at Hometown Windows and Doors. That's Hometown with an E for your every window and door need. If that recent cold snap made you think that now is the time to replace those drafty old windows, then now is a good time to call Hometown Windows and Doors. Save heating costs now, cooling dollars down the road with energy-efficient replacement windows and doors from Hometown. Hometown offers the brands you trust like Anderson, Pella, Marvin, Softlight, and more in wood, vinyl, and fiberglass. And all of their Products are installed by employee carpenters. Plus, Hometown is the area's only Pella Platinum and Marvin authorized replacement company. Hometown's dedicated consultants can guide you to the best fit and value for your home and your remodeling dollar. Stop in at their newly remodeled showroom in New Berlin and see the Hometown difference for yourself. Or call them for a no-pressure in-home consultation, 414-329-1200, or visit them at hometownwindows.com. That's Hometown with an E for your every window and door need. I haven't had anything to eat for days, and being hungry hurts. Going without oil changes could destroy your engine, but it doesn't compare to the effect of going without food. That's why the Automobile Dealers Association of Metro Milwaukee is determined to make sure no one goes to bed hungry. Through March 4th, they'll donate a dollar from every oil change to Feeding America. Over the past 11 years, Adam has donated over $750,000, providing more than 2.2 million meals to people across southeast Wisconsin, the majority being children and seniors. And with today's ongoing challenge, the need is greater than ever. So help the hungry while helping your vehicle. Get your oil changed by Adam Dealer Factory Train Techs at a price as low or lower than independent shops. Visit an Adam member dealer near you. For a list of participating dealers, visit adamm.com. This is the Steve Scafidi Show on WTMJ. Big Supreme Court race yesterday. Don't forget, 10.08, we'll have the second-place finisher who moves on to the April general election. Justice Daniel Kelly will join us at about 10.08. Only got on for a few minutes, but uh, lots of questions to ask him as he moves forward in a big race. The big winner, of course, on the, on the liberal side of the aisle. 
Judge Janet Protosewitz. Um, we'll, we'll try to get her on. We're trying to get her, efforting her to get her, get her on WTMJ Conversations next week as well. Uh, Texter says, the New York Times this morning called this race the most consequential American race in 2023. Do you, do you buy that? I do. Now, I mentioned election integrity during the tease there. In many ways, in many states, we saw it in the midterms. Voters are, are letting electeds, politicians, or candidates know their opinion on all of this. And for those who are in the election was rigged, stolen camp, the results aren't good. Those in the Trump camp, results not good. And I pulled up a story this morning. This, this says it all about Wisconsin and election deniers. GOP Rep. Dan Canodal defeats election denier to advance the Senate special election. And of course, they're referring to Representative Janelle Branchett, who was basically all in with all of the, my word, nonsense related to the post-2020. Now, let me baseline it again, because some people are bad listeners. Doesn't mean the election was perfect. They never are, and they probably never will be. But it's been audited, recounted, examined. The folks in Washington County did a great job looking at how all the votes were cast, and their results were nearly perfect from the original count. So pull back the uh, the reins on the... Uh, Ride to Conspiracy Town. Again, elections aren't perfect. Things happen. The interesting thing about, you know, people voting twice, most of those cases, <laughs> I've, I've read the stories. I don't know if I've mentioned it, but the isolated cases where people have voted more than once generally are Republicans. So careful where you're going on that stuff, folks, if you want to go all full conspiracy town. So, and I have a lot of text on this. You can join us, 855-616-1620, Old National Bank talking text line. I've said it earlier, and I'll say it again. For me, this was voters in Wisconsin saying, there's a lot going on here. We saw it with the return to the governor's office of Tony Evers. Even with all the support that Tim Michaels had, there's still this split among Republican conservative voters. We saw it in the Kelly Doro race. Doro said she would endorse Kelly. Kelly said he wouldn't necessarily endorse Doro. We saw it in the in the the influencers who were encouraged encouraging people to vote for Judge Doro because they thought she had the best chance. Well, what do you say now? And I, I'll use this microphone to educate on the the words that radio talkers say, especially in this state, especially in this market. There's this weird thing that happens. It's it's an opinion, of course, because we are we are generally saying what we think about a particular issue, one way or the other. But there's this weird spin that happens where you begin to echo one party. You begin to move wishful thinking or what you want to have happen with a more carefully assessed 
more researched, more nuanced opinion that says this is probably what's going to happen. And in this market and in this state, people just missed it. Now, whether that's a Milwaukee, Southeast, or Wisconsin bias for Dora, I don't know what it is. And I tweeted this out last night. Maybe this is the end of the time where one person or one voice moves a large number of people to vote for a candidate or a party. Maybe that's the end of that. This is the divided state. We, can't, we have to acknowledge that in Wisconsin. I think it makes us better. Because I'm, I come from the position, I can have my own personal political leanings, but I make no grand assumption that Republicans have the answer to everything because they don't. Neither do Democrats. But as anyone who has been around politics longer than five minutes will tell you, the best plans, take it out of politics, the, in a business, the best solution, plans for solution, remedy for a problem, comes from a informed, diverse mix of people figuring that out. Not one person, not one party, and maybe this is the beginning of that. Do I, do I want Daniel Kelly to lose? Absolutely not. But there's, being, there's messages being sent. What do you think that message is? 855-616-1620. We'll get your thoughts on what that message is after this. Looking at the election last night. Of course, the big one, Wisconsin Supreme Court. New York Times, according to the text, called it the biggest race of 2023. I can tell you one thing. Lots of money will be spent. You ain't seen nothing yet. Millions and millions of dollars. And in the primary... Judge Janet Protosewitz dwarfed the competition. And perhaps that's the reason why she dwarfed the competition when it came to the total votes. Um, I didn't do a rough tally, but um, I w- we'll do that at some point. Because I'm gonna, I'm, I'll probably, after we talk to Justice Kelly, I'll, I'll do a little bit of a recap for everybody. Um, Mike joins us from Illinois. Hey, Mike. Welcome to the show. Morning, Steve. How are you? I am good on this Wednesday. What do you think? So, obviously, I'm not a Wisconsin voter, but I have family there, and, of course, I drive through it all the time, as you know. Um, I was surprised at the results. Um, certainly not surprised at the, uh, you know, liberal candidate, that how that turned out. Uh, I did think uh, Judge Dora was going to win. Um, certainly, if I was able to vote, uh, she had my support. But the only thing I can think of is why, um, the, you know, liberal side, you know, had so many votes. Is it's, I, I, too, I have to believe it's the abortion issue. Because um, they said there was a lot of left votes uh, in normally conservative areas, um, I think that resonates obviously with a lot of women, whether they're liberal or conservative. Um, obviously, if they're hard, hard conservative, um, you know they would usually vote not for the liberal side. But either way, um, I hope everyone gets behind uh, Kelly. Um, I hope he wins, and um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mike. That last point. On the subject of abortion slash women's rights, it's dangerous to assume in anything. It's really dangerous to assume that Republican women are all against abortion. That's that's a dangerous assumption. And if this is the key issue, and, and from what I'm seeing in the text line, obviously Mike expressed the same thing, 
that issue does consume a lot of the oxygen, oxygen when it comes to this race. And I had a liberal friend of mine say to me that they're literally scared about this issue because they feel like, set, set abortion aside, a group of predominantly white men, often older white men, telling women what to do with their bodies is concerning. Again, whatever you think about abortion. And we often like to pigeonhole Republicans against it, Democrats pro, whatever. That's lazy thinking. And we've let that, that dialogue and that laziness continue for far too long. If there's, if there's a uh, unique piece of my show, it's that there's nuance to these conversations. Uh, now, lots of texts. Probably got a couple hundred texts since we started talking about this. There is, I think, a growing sense in the state of Wisconsin that the representation, and look, I vote Republican most of the time. I get how it works. There's a growing sense that having one side dominate the legislature is not a good thing for the state. Why do I say that? I generally support their policies, and I've had Robin Voss on the show, and I've called him the most significant political leader in Wisconsin. I know there's a governor. I don't just say that. I think that. But what we've seen happen here, and this is probably why Evers is sitting in that office today, and probably why we saw some of why we saw the result yesterday, is that voters in the state say, you know what, the stalemate thing, this election integrity nonsense, is wasting our time and money. Literally, because we're spending, we spent over a million dollars on investigation into election that essentially had nothing wrong with it. I understand there's people that think it was filled with fraud and all kinds of other nonsense, but it wasn't. Proven by recounts, examination, the courts have validated it, and the representatives in Washington, not universally, not absolute, certified the election. There's a, there's a penalty for that kind of behavior. And in Wisconsin, there's a group of people that are going to have to reckon this. And those are the, in some case, electeds, some case, people who signed on to a slate of fake electors who contributed to that falsehood. There's going to be a reckoning day for those folks. And perhaps the voters in Wisconsin are saying, you know what? If you're not going to police yourselves... We'll do it for you. And maybe that's another message from last night. Take a break. I can tell you after uh, reading a lot of the text during the uh, the uh, partner break there, I um, pretty obvious that women's abortion rights, health issues are one of the drivers here. Now I'm going to go back and look at our show poll, which is running on Twitter as we speak. And if you're not on Twitter, you can certainly always weigh in on the old National Bank Talking text line 855-616-1620. Looking at it right now, and uh, I know you guys were blowing this thing up. Let me find that poll real quick. Here we go. With uh, 320 votes, which is amazing already. Keep keep voting on Twitter. Uh, abortion is slash women's rights, 53%. Next up, crime at 27.8%. Doesn't surprise me at all. That's what I would have expected.
And as I was talking to some Republican women offline, they're not saying something that different from what liberal Democratic-leaning women are saying. It's a big issue, and I think because we have a lot of men in power in Wisconsin, it's something that they start have to start realizing. Now, does that mean someone's going to change their position on abortion? No. It's like one of those, once you have that opinion, whatever it is, you're pretty much going to have it. But understanding, and this is the fundamental point I've been trying to make with politics in Wisconsin, understanding, again, it isn't just about the people that agree with you. That's naive, and that could be politically dangerous as well. You represent, in the state of Wisconsin, all the residents. Left and right, liberal conservative, Democrat, Republican, independents. So you can choose to be narrow-focused, laser-focused on your group at your own peril. You can try to out-conservative each other or out-liberal each other. But as we know, most of us are in the middle. Some leaning right, some leaning left, some right square in the middle. And it's dangerous to think, and frankly a waste of our time and money, that one side is going to figure out everything. So if you favor a state where the conservatives control the Supreme Court, the governor is a... Republican, the legislature has super majorities. I don't think the residents of Wisconsin are going to put up with that for very long. And I, I always point to this these two positions. U.S. Senate. We have one of the most conservative senators and one of the most liberal, as measured by folks who spend a lot of time analyzing their comments and votes. Why do you think that is? Is it an accident? I don't think so. It's because the state is divided. But what you do with that divided state is really the question we're all asking. And voters last night said, and I'm reading the tea leaves, because I don't know. Neither does anybody else who does what I do. Again, wishful thinking is not analysis. We've, we've put up with that for too long. Push that aside. That's nonsense. Would we want our, our, our guesses to always be right? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? But that's not analysis. And when you're talking about the Supreme Court race in Wisconsin, there's a, there should be an understanding that regardless of party, issues like abortion and crime, they cross over. And probably even more significant than that is voters are saying, we want work done. Enough political tantrums. And understanding that gets us to a solution faster. That's the message I took from the election. After the news break, we'll be joined by one of the winners yesterday, for a second, but he will represent the conservative side of the aisle in the April election. Justice Daniel Kelly will join us after the news, which is next on WTMJ. Breaking down the biggest stories. One more time for the slower elected officials. When you represent a district, your function is to represent all the people in your district, not only the people that agree with you. Talking about what really matters. If you're one of those people, if you don't like pizza, first thing, why, what's wrong with you? Two, why is that? How can that be a thing that you don't like pizza? Too messy? And don't tell me you eat pizza with a fork, please. And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Hello, 
political poll I never had before, but go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Okay. All right. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi. And good morning. Welcome to the 10 o'clock hour on WTMJ. We're broadcasting live from Avenue Studios in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Well, unless you're living in a cave, we had a big election last night in Wisconsin. And one of the winners last night was former justice from the Wisconsin Supreme Court, Daniel Kelly, who joins us live on the phone. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I am wonderful on this Wednesday. I imagine you're feeling pretty good yourself after after the arduous arduous campaign in the primary. Now it all it all starts over. So how are you feeling this morning? That's right. I, it all starts over today. Uh, this is the first day of the campaign, and I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm so grateful to the people of Wisconsin for moving me along to the general election campaign. And uh, before we say anything else, I want to make sure to to know how grateful I am to Judge Doro for how gracious she was last night and uh, the conversation that we had, how generous she was in pledging her support to making sure that we win on April 4th. And to all of her supporters uh, who did such great work for her, uh, I am I admire you greatly, and I hope you give me an opportunity to win your support as we move through the next six weeks. So that's kind of leads me to my first question for you, beyond the how you feel in question, is that there's been so much made about the bitter divide in politics, and not just in this race, but any race, really. If anything from a state Senate race, U.S. Senate president, now Wisconsin Supreme Court, all eyes will be on Wisconsin, very important race for the future direction of the court. What do you say to the folks who, who look at this angst and tension and rhetoric and say, maybe we just focus on our jobs. How do you, as a potential justice on the Wisconsin Supreme Court, how do you address that? Well, first I would note that um, it really wasn't bitter between Jennifer and me, and it wasn't bitter between her supporters and my supporters. This was largely manufactured by a couple of people with big mouths, and I think that's really unfortunate. So uh, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to everybody who cares about our Constitution, and the liberties that it protects uh, to come along and, and help us out as we go through the next six weeks in the sprint to April 4th. Because really what we face together is a unique and grave threat that we've never faced before. You know, this is going to be an election like no other because we there's my opponent is a candidate like no other. In my memory, I have never known a judicial candidate to campaign on a platform of dishonesty. But that's what my opponent is doing. She is promising that if she makes it to the Supreme Court, she's going to place her thumb on the scales of justice, and she's going to make sure that the cases turn out in a way that comply with her personal values rather than what the job of the court actually is, which is simply to say what the law says, make sure the cases turn out the way the law and the Constitution require. So that is a, uh, that's a grievous and an ancient uh, form of dishonesty that has been universally condemned for thousands of years. But that's what she promises to bring to the Supreme Court. I think it is, uh, it is just unbelievable that a judicial candidate would do that. But that's the fight. Uh, it really is to maintain the constitutional order in the state of Wisconsin to make sure that we live under the rule of law 
and not the rule of Janet. So the word constitution, it comes up mm -hmm. a lot in conversations with justices. I had three of the four candidates on my show. Is it a originalist interpretation of the Constitution? Because we know that the Constitution and the law evolves. It's interpreted by justices. So, like, I understand that, that there are the, the elements related in that piece of, of work, but it is, in our, our country's history, but it, it is also can be interpreted. So a justice, I think you would agree, has to understand both the original meaning, but also the, in, the modern interpretation, no? I actually don't agree. Okay, tell uh, me why. Tell me why. Yeah, so our Constitution uh, does change over time, but it, is, it changes according to its own provisions, uh, as same as with the United States Constitution. So, for example, um, Article 5 of the United States Constitution uh, provides for the amendment of that document. And similarly, Article 12 of the Wisconsin Constitution provides for the amendment of that document. And I studied both of those provisions really carefully. And what I found is that it assigns zero role to the court in changing that document. That is a conversation that is you know, the people of Wisconsin and the United States have reserved to themselves with their legislators. So, uh, so I completely reject the idea that any justice gets to change the Constitution or interpret it in brand new ways that it was never understood to mean. Uh, that is a fundamentally illegitimate project. So, uh, so our job is to uh, discern the original public meaning of the Constitution and apply it. And if we do that, if we do it faithfully, then one, uh, that preserves the, preserves the rule of law. And then, two, it allows the people of Wisconsin to know, well, look, maybe there is a change to the Constitution that's needed, and then they can start that conversation with their legislature, which is the one that has the role in leading that change. So, uh, so that is the single biggest difference between my opponent and me. Uh, she believes the Constitution is something that is new every day, that she can craft and mold to her personal tastes and desires, and I believe that the office of, ju of justice is created by the Constitution, and the authority that we use is given great is loaned to us by the people of Wisconsin. And they've, uh, when they've made that loan, they've told us that they want us to do one thing, just one thing, and that is decide their cases according to the law. And they've told us they're not interested in whether we think it's a good law or an effective law or uh, efficacious, uh, they tell us that they have an entirely different branch of government to have those conversations with. They call it a legislature. So our role is simply to apply the law as it is. Um, but that's, that's the constitutionally assigned role. The role that Janet wants to take for herself is actually to put herself above the law so that the, uh, the cases come out the way that she wants them to, so they comply with their personal Values. Justice Daniel Kelly yeah, joining us on WTMJ. Sorry to interrupt you there, but I want to get a couple more yeah. questions before we have to let you go because I know you have a hard stop coming up. What are the numbers? This is sort of the the campaign side of this question. And thanks for the great explanation on, on the uh, on the what your think your role is on the numbers side. Pretty significant difference between the liberal candidates and the conservative. How do you make up that gap in the period between now and April fourth? Uh, in terms of uh, resources or votes? Both. 
There's a lot of money that uh, one candidate had that the others didn't in this race yeah. for the primary, and the votes margin was also pretty significant. So both. Yeah. So on the votes, uh, this is why we have a general election campaign. Uh, you know, people were kind of sitting and watching to see what ha- what might happen between Jennifer and me. Uh, so I think it's going to be re-engaging everyone who cares about their constitution and the liberties it protects. And, uh, and that's the way we, we make up that margin. And as far as resources go, similar kind of thing. There are a lot of people sitting on the sideline waiting to see what happens in the primary. So uh, our uh, expectation and our hope is they all jump in now and uh, that this will be a fully funded effort. In fact, we really don't have any concerns uh, about that at all. We, uh, we believe there will be more than enough resources to uh, have a full conversation with the people of Wisconsin all over the state about how important it is to protect our Constitution so that that can protect our liberties and how very, very important it is to keep this unique and grave threat from gaining a seat on the Supreme Court. As far as the uh, the logistics of the campaign, over the next six weeks, will you be everywhere in Wisconsin? Everywhere, all at once. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I appreciate you taking the time. I know this is a busy day for you. I know you have a lot of things going on. I, I can imagine this is going to be a busy six weeks. Um, just for the folks who are out there in Wisconsin, tell us where you're going. What, what are you going to do? Well, I uh, actually have to look at my calendar to figure that out. As you might know in uh, uh, campaigns like this, I lose control of my own calendar. <laughs> you hand it so off. I wake yes. up in the morning. Yeah. I just wake up in the morning and look at, well, where am I going to be today? So it's an adventure every day. I'm looking forward to it. But we will be uh, all the way from Hayward to Kenosha, all stops in between. And uh, I am looking forward to this conversation like you can't even imagine. Justice Daniel Kelly, one of the two final candidates for the soon-to-be-vacant position in the Wisconsin Supreme Court. I always appreciate your time, and I, I know that we will talk again in the future. I will look forward to it. Steve, thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. You're listening to WTMJ. Thanks to Justice Daniel Kelly for joining us. Also offer the opportunity to, uh, to uh, judge Janet Protosewitz. She was on the show last week, the last Friday. Um, as I said, that is one of the unique things about this show, that we, we offer that time to the candidates. Now, there are Folks that do talk shows that say, ah, I don't want to talk to the candidates. I just want to tell you what I think. I see value in having the people on that are going to impact our lives. Now, I got about 100 questions that were churning on the text line. I have limited time with a candidate. So if you can ask very specific questions of a candidate and bog down, my, my words, the conversation. But I thought the essence and the importance of the interview was the fact that he believes in a strict constitutional interpretation. Some might call it originalist, and I'm sure there's other terms that people throw around. There's no gray with Justice Daniel Kelly. He believes it is written, they don't make law, they rule on the law. He challenged his opponent, which is not unique, nor is it, some people say that's unfair. That's, it's a race. As much as this is a, a, uh, a race for Supreme Court, it's still a political race. They're going to do that. They're going to attack their opponents. And as a texter wisely pointed out earlier, 
This may be the most watched race in Wisconsin in the country in 2023, certainly in Wisconsin. We're going to see dollars spent, and self selfishly, that's great for radio stations, TV stations, because if you thought the uh, midterms were something, well, hold your hats. We're going to see a hell of a lot of money spent on this race. Now, I'm going to give you a contrarian opinion, even though I benefit from those commercials. If you're learning about a candidate from a TV or radio commercial, you're doing it wrong. Listen to the words they say. That's why I encourage interviews. I'm not telling them what to say. They're saying it in their own words, what they think. He has accused his opponents, or in the case of the primary, his opponents, of trying to create law at the level of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. It's a valid claim. The secrets of any campaign, beyond the obvious of winning, is to go after your opponents. So don't be surprised. This election will get ugly. You don't have to like that, and I, I often don't. It will be insane in the in the some of the attack ads we see. That's that's politics as usual. That ship has sailed. And without a fundamental rewrite of the laws governing campaigning and broadcasting and the link between the two, that won't change. Sitting here today on the 22nd of February, having talked to both candidates, Judge Janet Protosiewicz and Justice Daniel Kelly, Kelly has a tough road. There was a significant margin there, 54-46 roughly. Somebody said it was the margin was close. It wasn't close. If you had the liberal candidates and the conservative candidates, it wasn't close. But that's a primary. Much can happen between now and April 4th. We will lay out the case. And as I often say on this show, I don't tell you who to vote for, and I really don't care who you vote for. That's your decision. And as I said earlier in the show, getting away from the influencer, big voices, telling voters in Wisconsin how to vote, maybe that era has Closed. Maybe that door is shut. I hope so. Because more often than not, in the last, oh, I don't know, 15 big races in the state, those voices are wrong. Certainly worth hearing. You should make your own decisions. And you should. And how you cast your vote. Spring training is here and baseball is back. You bet it is. Keep it tuned here on WTMJ all spring long for Cactus League Baseball. All the sounds of Brewers Baseball, including Bob Euchre on the call for some games all through the spring training season. Our first, this is amazing, right? Our first spring training broadcast is this Saturday at 2 p.m. Yay! All right. It's spring training and it's back right here on the home of the Brewers WTMJ. I'm excited about it. You should be too. Did you hear... Big sports guy, Brandon Snide, talking about the Brewers and all the excitement and all that stuff. He was amped up about it. It's like cheerleading. <laughs> Big time sports guy on the morning show. And 
I got to give this guy credit because he, he's hard work and he's, he's uh, long hours. He makes my life easier, which is so I don't have to work the long hours. You see what I'm saying, Bill Stead? I know all about yeah. it. Brandon's great. He's, he's good. And he's part of your, your mm-hmm. gig now. Absolutely. Morning. I get to see him and spend more time with him than I'm you do. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. We need, we need a chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Master of the audio. All right. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, coming up after the break, I, I, I almost hesitate to go there, given that we're talking about elections, but we've talked about elections, and I've certainly given you my thoughts, and you've had some great commentary on the uh, old National Bank talking text line. Whenever you bring up Donald Trump, there's always uh, some of that. And also people going, I love the guy. I want him to run it. So we're going to get into some of that. And here's the question. Do you see him as a spoiler or as in running as an independent? And what would that feel like? Because let's be honest, it would doom Republicans. But would he jump into that role? And what would that mean for Republicans, for independents? For Trump fans, we're going to talk about that. All right. Happy birthday, George Washington, our first president. I spent uh, some time in the last uh, three or four days watching the entire series, HBO series on John Adams. And fascinating, first off, former president as well. And just the dynamics between Washington, Jefferson, Adams, Hamilton, all the the back and forth friction, conflict. And that's kind of why I brought that up, because I'm going to talk about that very issue in modern politics next. So if you have the assumption that it's as bad as it's ever been, scrub that out of your consciousness. We had tremendous upheaval in the early days of this country. Just in creating the documents that, matter of fact, the Constitution that Justice Kelly referred to in our interview earlier. That process. Big issues. Equality, equal rights, slavery. Civil rights. The right of women to vote. We always have conflict. And, in, and today, often the conflict is <laughs> not generated by the citizens. There's some of that, certainly. Generated by the politicians themselves. So I've had this on my back burner for a bit, but I, I, given that we had an election yesterday here in Wisconsin, and we're going to have the general election on April 4th, I thought it was a good time to bring it up. Here's the headline, and I'll tell you where I'm, I'm going to go with it after I read the headline. A quarter of the GOP said they'd back Trump, Donald Trump, as independent in 2024. Now, a lot of people treated that as a throwaway headline. And I'll tell you, historically speaking, somebody gets 24% of the votes, 25% of the vote, that's a disruptor. So I talked to a lot of people who love Donald Trump, friends, family, neighbors, texters, callers, that's not going to change, probably. And I mentioned Monday or yesterday that I still see signs and saw a big sign on I-94 North, north of Madison, you know, let's go Brandon, all that stuff, which seems juvenile to me, but if that's your thing, knock yourself out, it's America. But I'm curious what Republicans, conservatives think about that, that issue. Because I was watching, I was sampling again last night, which I do on occasion, not as often as I used to. 
because frankly, most of it's a waste of time given the hyper-partisanship of the people who are supposed to be bringing you the news now, but separate segment for that. There is a lot of people in conservatives circles, Republican circles, who think, like I do, that Donald Trump is a boat anchor and, and should be moved, moved to the side. And when you're talking about 2024, we're about to get started on this thing. Candidates, like Nikki Haley and others, are starting to move around the country. Ron DeSantis from Florida on the Republican side. Now, Democrats, it apparently is going to be Joe Biden and nobody else. But that question still has to be reconciled. And I, I, I know he hasn't formally said, but all signs point to that. And if you don't think the trip to Ukraine and Europe isn't part of a bigger message that say, I'm fit and ready for service, you're not understanding politics. 855-616-1620. Most observers, and I, I hesitate to use the term, most political experts, air-quoting experts, think that Donald Trump, if he runs, would have no chance. And this is not even talking about potential indictments and all the hysteria related to Donald Trump. This isn't Trump derangement syndrome as people like to throw around. This is just listening to what people that are in the Republican Party say. They're looking for some fresh blood. But if Donald Trump runs, I don't think he's going to win a nomination, but if he runs as an independent, if you're a Republican voter, conservative voter in Wisconsin or anywhere, because we have listeners everywhere. That essentially seals the fates of Republicans. An independent's not going to win. A Republican wouldn't win. The vote splits. That means that assures that Joe Biden, probably, or any Democrat, will be the candidate going forward and win the elections going forward. So as a Trump supporter... How does that make you feel? Is it, I love my guy, going to vote for him, don't care. We already have Joe Biden as president, what difference does it make? And as I like to point out to some of my Republican friends, be honest. In your personal life, other than some higher prices at the, uh, the old gas station and buying eggs, is your life that much different? You driving a less expensive vehicle? Probably not. You buy you living in a home that is worthless? Probably not. Still have a job? Probably. Wages for people looking for jobs have gone up. Benefits have gone up. Opportunity has gone up. All those things are true. 855-616-1620. The Trump effect. One quarter of the GOP in this sample, in this survey, said they would vote for Trump as an independent, which essentially seals the fates and decides an election for Democrats. What's your reaction to that? We'll discuss after this. All right, I asked the Trump question. Would you vote for Trump even if it meant that your party, my party, wouldn't win? Dan from Walk, welcome to the show. Good morning on WTMJ. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. You know, you made a statement, and i got to ask you, what world are you living in? Okay. How has my life changed since Joe 
since Joe Biden took over as president, how has my life changed? And you're asking, has it really changed that much? Absolutely. Absolutely. Eggs for five fifty a dozen now. Okay? Gas is doubled in price. My 401k is down 20%. Interest rates are at 7.1%. If you want to buy a house. Supply chain. I'm in the construction industry. Material is going through the roof. And you wonder why he had that Build Back America plan that we were doing fine in construction. Now you have the government buying product against private industry, and that's why prices went through the roof. Supply chain is miserable right now. Look at Mexico. I mean, how you can make a statement like that is beyond belief. Let me I ask. Mean, what world are you living in? Let me ask you a question. All the things you you said are you still there? Did Dan hang up? You still there, Dan? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I okay. am listening. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Do you think the president is solely responsible for every one of the things you just mentioned? His policies are solely responsible. The, the president's policies are solely responsible for all those things. Major portion of it. Do you think inflation? Major portion. Shut down. Look, why do you think inflation hit when he started spending all the money? And we had to borrow the money as a government to, to facilitate the spending he was doing, and that raised all the interest rates. You do, you do know that most of the deficit spending that's been done in the last six years was under the Trump administration. And, and a lot of people think the inflation that resulted well, is a result done, of that. But he just added to it. Two bands don't make a right, but the interest rates didn't go to the roof where they are right now until Biden took over. There's a political reality, and there's what a... You, what do, you, do, you, do, you drive, do you drive an electric car, or do you drive a gas car? I drive a beautiful Ford Explorer that's powered by gas. Okay. You're paying twice now what you used to pay. We were paying, we were paying twice about six months ago. It's come down since then. Okay, so you, okay, so now you're paying fifty percent more. It still stinks. Sure. Right. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna and, ask you the same question. And we're at seven percent inflation. I love the fa- I love I'm your not energy, Dan. Trump, Look, Dan, no. Dan, I love your energy. I love your passion. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. I don't think, my opinion, that all the things you're talking about are necessarily tied to the president, except one energy policy. I can make the argument that what he said day one has hurt our energy sector. Absolutely. But the president's, even the president's policies, are not the sole driver of all the things you talked about. But let me take it one step further. Okay, go, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so, so that's fine. If you say his policies aren't the reason, let me ask you this. What policy has he instituted to fix the problem? Are you talking about Joe Biden now? I think one. Are you, think, are you talking about Joe yeah, Biden? Joe Biden. Yeah, Joe, Joe Biden. So he inherited things, and things really didn't go south until he took over. So you're saying his policies didn't cause the problem. Let me ask, what's his answer to the problem? I don't see an answer. See, I just think, see things getting worse with the policies instituting. I, that's a fair point. I didn't vote for Joe Biden, so I don't take ownership of the Biden administration. But I don't lay all of the problems of our country and our society in the, in the hands or the office or the desk of the President of the United States. That's my point. Going back to my original question, if Trump separates, if he runs as an independent... Would you vote for him? I'm not voting for him. Okay. No. That's a fair answer to a fair question. I appreciate the call. Look, I love callers like Dan. I want the passion. That's a good caller. But I'm also going to tell you what I think about it. You can be angry as hell about the direction of this country for all the reasons I've talked about. 
some of the nonsense we put up with every day in this country. Arguing about pronouns, where we're going to spend our money. But only thing I care about, the only bottom line issue I care about is that the presidents and Congress actually fix things. We don't have that. As I pointed out, yeah, I can blow up Joe Biden on, the, on, a, on his energy policy. It sucks. That's a fair criticism. But I also understand that much of the debt incurred that drove some of this inflation, oh, and the other thing is, and a war in Ukraine that created some of the issues we're dealing with today, aren't always the fault of the president. I didn't vote for Joe Biden. But I also understand there's a perspective that says maybe it's not just the president. Maybe it's other office holders or, you know, the other reality is maybe it's us. Because we keep putting the same knuckleheads in office, knuckleheads who, by the way, want to spend their time with conspiracy theories, fake election stories, spending our money our tax dollars, a nonsense, or in the case of Wisconsin, holding on to our money. And the legislature could certainly do something about that. Their Republican governor could certainly do something about that. He's a Democrat. He has power. But yet they're still hanging on to the money that we overpaid. That's my point. You can hate Joe Biden. I didn't vote for him. But also understand there's a reality that if we don't get out of this mindset that it's one or the other, every idea they have is bad, every idea my party has is brilliant, on its face, that is a stupid argument. And we've allowed the conversation to be corrupted by elected officials and talking heads who have said that for too long. I don't do that here. But Dan, was it Dan? Dan, right? Great call. Thanks for getting me fired up. Quick break. Lots of commentary on the conversation with Dan. Look, I love guys like Dan because they're passionate about what they think. It's the, it's the essence of what drives talk radio and drives conversation in this country. It's a good thing. I don't necessarily agree with him on everything, but he had valid points. I respect that. And that's why we encourage dissents on the show. 855 616 1620. Uh, a couple of texts. Diane, I didn't give Trump credit when my 401k went up. I don't give presidents that much credit. I just sent, I sent to a texter. In the Trump administration, obviously pandemic related, market went down. Dow went down to 18. What's it at? 33 something now? It's only 3,000 or so off its high. So if, if it's the 401k question, I would have a serious talk with my financial planner, preferably Annex Wealth Management, on how I manage my money and my investments. Start with that. Uh, let's see. Guy from Brookfield. Dan is the man. Dan is the man. Biden is the problem. Look at all his administration appointments, Supreme Court appointment, border, national security, under his lack of leadership. He's a big problem. He sure ain't perfect. I give you that. My point in all of this is, even related to my earlier conversation about the election here in Wisconsin yesterday, we have to get out of the mindset that it's one way or the other, my way or the highway. It's destroying us. I spent a lot of my time away from the show defending Republicans. Trust me. 
Because there's a, a group of our population here in Wisconsin, maybe where you are as well, who call Republicans evil. Not knowing the person, not knowing the individual, not even knowing me, even though I have a three-hour radio show every day. Most Republicans are great, decent, honest, hardworking, God-fearing people. That's the truth. It's not breaking news. And because I do a different kind of show, most Democrats, same thing applies. We are being dominated by extremists who want to make this, want to pigeonhole this conversation into one way or the other. Have passion for what you believe in, but don't demonize people because they disagree with you. There are enough evil people in the world that we can all dislike. Trust me. From Vladimir Putin to pick one. We don't need to demonize an entire party, left or right, Democrat or Republican. And going back to my original point, Republicans have a decision to make. You want to go down the Trump road again? Good luck to you. I didn't do it in 2016. I didn't do it in 2020. And I'm sure as hell not doing it in 2024. Well, you be you. After the break, you can start queuing up those questions. Ask Steve anything, any question, fair game, 855-616-1620. Could be a spirited edition today. What's your question? Any topic, welcome. We'll do that next after the news on WTMJ. Breaking down the biggest stories. One more time for the slower elected officials. When you represent a district, your function is to represent all the people in your district, not only the people that agree with you. Talking about what really matters. If you're one of those people, if you don't like pizza, first thing, why? what's wrong with you? Two, why is that? How can that be a thing that you don't like pizza? Too messy? And don't tell me you eat pizza with a fork, please. And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Hello, political poll. I never have before, but go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Okay. All right. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi. And welcome to the 11 o'clock hour. I'm here till noon. Then Jeff Wagner sits in from noon to 3, as he does every day, Monday through Friday. All right, so the questions are flying a plenty on the Old National Bank talking text line. You're welcome to join us on the phone as well, 855-616-1620. I won't bite. All right, from the text line. Um, curious about to the texter who asked me the question about Ross Perot. This is 1992. Um, and I lost the text, so I guess, why did you ask that question? But I'll give you the answer, and it was basically what percentage of, of the vote did Ross Perot get? He got 19%. That was the Clinton election, George Bush losing that election. Did he cost George Bush the election? Yeah, probably. When he launched into the Bill Clinton era, which... Fueled talk radio for many, many years. I remember driving around the country listening to Rush Limbaugh and others talking about all of that nonsense. We won't revisit that today, but yes. Now, the interesting piece of that story related to the numbers, and I, and I mentioned this earlier in our, in our conversation about the Supreme Court race, Dan Kelly right now is a numbers problem. Just on its face, and again, 
Primaries aren't general elections. Vastly different. You can win one and lose another. Trends need to be appreciated. And certainly more people voted than have traditionally voted in these spring primaries. That's a good thing. Still not anywhere close to where it should be, my opinion. But when you have the two liberal candidates getting more than 54% of the votes and the conservative candidates on the flip side of that, that's a numbers issue. And as we did in the 9 o'clock hour and a little bit in the 10 o'clock hour with uh, Justice Kelly, figuring that out is the magic of politics, right? And, and those are decisions voters will make on April 4th or earlier if they early vote. The question uh, that somebody asked me about voting. Should we eliminate early voting and mail-in balloting except in extreme cases? No. Why would we do that? I would say the argument is more people are voting. That's a good thing. Now, as you know, if you listen to the show, I expect people to show ID. I think you have to. You should prove that you live in the district in where you're where you're voting, and that you only vote once. Kind of important, folks. Elections are going to be much discussed in the next six weeks. That's a good thing. Uh, let's see. If Governor Evers is doing so bad, why do we have a surplus? It's a fair question. Now, Republicans would argue that's because of budget decisions they made that the governor signed on to. Hmm. That's some of it. State's doing well. I would remind Republicans, my Republican friends, that Democrats also live in the state, so they, they get some credit for that as well. And to be brutally honest, you have to give the governor credit because he signed the budget, right? He is the governor. Makes sense. Tony joins us from the south side of Milwaukee. Asked him anything. What's your question, Tony? It's a tongue twister. It's why did Campbell's Chunky Soup change the little burgers in the Chunky Sirloin Burger Soup? <laughs> okay. I have no idea, Tony. Do Turned you have the into answer? little rubber hockey pucks. Yeah. Pardon me? I turned into little rubber hockey pucks. It used to be delicious little Thurlain burgers. So that sounds like a question for Campbell's. Have you asked them that question? I will. Then I'll get back to you. You know, you know, you know what my short answer would be? Cost? Probably. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Tony. And thanks for listening as well. And since he brought that up, companies changing products, this has been my, my beef since forever. We all know about shrinkage, right? The They make candy bars smaller, treats smaller, everything smaller, right? Because they think we won't notice. They reduce the size, right, from 24 ounces to 20 ounces. All in this illusion that the price has changed not that much. But for those of us who liked the original size of whatever you're talking about, why can't you have the new shrink shrink size and the old size, I'll pay more for it. I know that's a stupid thing to worry about, but that's the way I think. All right. Steve, <laughs> this is totally self-serving. How does it feel that the most entertaining, thought-provoking, and moderate-ish talk show in morning radio? Keep up the good work. One of my friends must have sent me that. 608, though. So not necessarily southeastern Wisconsin. Um... I, I, I just told this to somebody before the show. 
that was in our offices here at GKB in downtown Milwaukee. I love the show. I love doing it. I try to offer a fresh perspective on talk radio. I am bored by those people often, I'm not going to be dishonest here, make good money spouting party politics, talking points, incredibly biased. I, I just not interested in that. I will I will share my bias with you, like you did earlier when I said I didn't vote for Joe Biden. When I shared earlier that I voted Republican probably 95% of the time. I will share that with you, but I'll also be fair about it. I don't make this grand leap that some people do, and frankly that needs to go away as soon as possible, that one party has all the answers, because they don't. Because American people are smart enough here and being generous to voters in America. That if someone had all the answers and things worked so well, that party would always win. Those candidates would always win. We don't have that. We get this hodgepodge of grifters, snake oil salesmen and women, reality TV stars, all that nonsense, which those of you who watch network TV probably understand now that that's almost the majority of the folks on TV, which is disgusting and probably shameful at the same time. Uh, one more before the break. How'd you get to start in radio? Quick story. It was the mayor of Oak Creek. Got a call from Mr. Eric Bilstead. They were thinking about doing radio. Went in, to, did about 10 or 12 shows. They liked what they heard. Offered me the job. The rest is history. And oh, by the way... Six days from now, we'll be celebrating our sixth year at WTMJ. So thanks to all of you who take the time to listen to my program. All right, we'll take a break. Ask Steve anything, any question, fair game, 855-616-1620. That's what I call the old National Bank talk and text line. You call it the best way to get a hold of me. More questions, more answers after this. More of Ask Steve anything, any question, fair game, entertainment, politics, culture, science, Politics, you name it, your call. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line is the way that you do that. David joins us from Oshkosh. Hi, David. Welcome. Well, good morning. Snowy Oshkosh. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, long-time listener. Um, I want to let you know I, I drive a lot. And it always seems that in my, when I'm driving, individuals that drive big pickup trucks will always get right behind you when you're driving. They'll get right up behind you, and you almost feel like you're in a horror movie. And I just wondered what the mentality is and why individuals do that that drive big pickup trucks. I, oh, I actually drive one of those. That question. Hey, I, thanks, for the, thanks for the call, David. I'll let you hang up and listen to the answer. I drive one of those big pickup trucks, but I don't drive that way. The answer is because we have horrible drivers in the state of Wisconsin, over-aggressive, in a hurry to go nowhere. Like, what's the rush? Like, wh wh where are you going that's that important? So that's the answer. It's bad. We have bad drivers. That's why personal injury attorneys are living the dream right now. I'm disgusted by Wisconsin drivers. Everybody thinks they're a great driver. Everybody thinks they know all the rules, and they don't. We can't even handle four-way stops without creating a mess. People pointing, hesitating, stopping. And st we, we can't even do the simple things. That's why I blew up that idea of the fourth traffic light last week. Are you serious? We can't even handle three or two in some states. 
Why would four be the answer to anything? Did I get too worked up about that? Maybe, perhaps. I love this question. This I might bring Brandon in on this one. This is a good question. It's a fair question because the Packers have had more success than the Brewers, obviously. Would I give up a Packers Super Bowl for the next 20 years for a Brewers World Series win this year? Hmm. Oh, that's a tough ask for a Packers season ticket holder. Well, no, I'm going to say no. I don't think so. No. No, I'd love to see the Brewers win the World Series. There's something special about a Super Bowl run. There is. And uh, the World Series is great. Um, you get seven chances at winning it. The Super Bowl, you get one. And I just think, I think Super Bowl winners are remembered more. than you know, Name me a, the World Series winner in 2020. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, you no, know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. I'm taking the Super Bowl. All right, so let's let's play this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the question to a different in a different direction. So if the Brewers don't win a World Series in the next 25 years, are they one of the biggest failures as a team in Major League Baseball? Because they're already on that short list of teams that have it. <laughs> yeah, they're getting there. I think there's only like what, six. Yeah, I was I gonna say five, five or six. Yeah. Next 25 years, no Brewers World Series. That's that's a fail. That's See, a fail. but that but the thing about that with the Brewers is is they they have excuses built in. Well, we can't compete with them with the mid to large markets. We're a small market. So they're going to have that crutch no matter what they do, whether it's good or bad. Well, we can't win because we can't compete with Team A, Team B, Team C, whatever. Major League Baseball has to change their system to give the Brewers a chance, I think. And maybe I'm defending the Brewers a little bit too much here, but it's kind of the real, you know. Re- yeah, but they reality. don't want to do that. And here's No, they don't. There's a, there's a thing about ownership. And somebody asked me this question a couple weeks ago. Maybe our owner's not rich enough. Mark Antanasio. He's almost a billionaire, though. I know, but maybe he's not rich enough. If you have a no. somebody that's worth $20 billion, they can spend the, their own money to pursue. Now they got to pay a, a luxury tax or whatever it sure. is, or a payroll tax. But maybe maybe he's not rich enough. Well, and you know what sucks about all of this? And that's a great question, a great topic that you brought up. 2018, they had a prime opportunity to get to a World Series. Now, I don't know if they would have won. I, I say they would have beat Boston in that in that series, but... Game seven at American Family Field, then Miller Park. Yeah. I, I mean, they were so, so close, and that may be the closest we get to a World Series for I, the next 25 years. I know you talk a lot about the Brewers, and you did a lot more when you are doing your podcast. What um, the, the, the hater decision last year, one of the worst decisions in Brewers history. I don't think it's a question anymore because yeah. it negatively impacted that team. They came out of that world, that all-star break, with a 7-1 and one record. I mean, they were the number one team in the National League Central. And they had talked about it. It really started, and this is what gives me fear for this year. Hayter talked about his arbitration case going into that year. That's kind of what happened this year. Well, that's, that is what happened with Corbin Burns. So, yeah, it was a terrible decision. I think <laughs> what makes it worse is David Stearns makes that choice, makes that decision, and then he resigns three months later. Yeah, so thanks. <laughs> yeah, so do you think that that decision was a foreshadowing of what we're seeing now with maybe some concern that we're, we're, we're not going to be able to handle to hang on to some of these folks? Oh, no, we're not, we're, not handling, we're not hanging on to them. Corbin Burns is gone. That's upsetting. And I like Corbin Burns a lot, and I've interviewed him on the show. All right, uh, from the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, um, let's see. Why do people need to sit in the left lane when they're not traveling faster than they're traveling in the right lane? Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of that. Get out of the left lane. You don't belong there. Um, that is something that we also see. You know that one that frustrates me? Somebody was tweeting about this last night, where the, the left lane and the right lane are going the same speed. Come on. 
Get out of the way. People want to get there. As long as you do it safer. Um, let's see. Steve, do you have any tips on growing pumpkins? Well, here's the easy one. Get good seeds, first off. And if you, it depends what you want. You want the smaller ones, the jack-o'-lanterns, or do you want the big pumpkins? Because seeds matter. I usually mix it up, but I keep the seeds from my best-performing pumpkins of the previous year, dry them out properly, plant those, and I had really good luck last year. I had some very nice, very nice-sized pumpkins. Uh, what's squeezing James? Calling from the south side. Hey, James. Yeah, you were talking about the election about for the judge and that. What if uh, Judge Janet there blows uh, uh, Kelly out of the water 75 or 90 percent uh, that she's getting all this money and that, and she just goes and rolls right on over uh, uh, Kelly? Uh, you well, know, really bad. are you asking uh, about? Is it, is it asking for my for my prediction or, or what do I think the result of that? She's not going to win that big. There's no way nobody's going to get that kind of a vote. But she could get 55 well, percent. But, but if she did, but if she does, and she, I mean, uh, then uh, what kind? Of, how kind? Of, what kind of feeling do you feel that we're going to have, like you were saying, for the next five, ten years, or okay, so? Okay, that that's a fair uh, question. Thank, thanks for that question. I, now I understand where, where he was going. It's a question I posed earlier. If that happens, and it, there's no guarantees it will, Dan Kelly could win this race. Trust me. There's a lot of conservatives in Wisconsin who will, will ramp up their efforts between now and April fourth. But if Prosadowitz, that's like the hardest name, it's, it's worse than Antetokounmpo, Prosadowitz, Judge Janet, wins that election, it's going to challenge conservatives, certainly, but all of the other electors in the state, because things might change. There are cases that are going to be going to the Wisconsin Supreme Court that they will, with a liberal majority, essentially throw back or change or make a ruling that impacts decisions like abortion, like redistricting, many others, even policing to some degree, rules about policing, bail, those types of things, equal justice under the law. All those things will be ruled upon if it gets to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. But it could, and this is the, this is the way you got to think a little bit on this answer, it could impact the work of the legislature and the governor because with a Republican legislature and a conservative-leaning Supreme Court, there's a sense that eh, we can rely upon that body to assist us in governing from the, legislat the legislature in the state of Wisconsin. Follow me? Taking power away from the governor's office, which used to be the highest office in the state, and I would argue isn't, given the current climate, but people will disagree. So it's a great question. We'll take a break. Back with news. I'll wind some of your questions around the bottom of the hour news because there's a lot of questions out there that I want to get to. Continuing the conversation after this on WTMJ. We're going to bonus edition, ask Stephen. There's a lot of great questions I even haven't got to yet. So we're going to continue the conversation. If you have one for me, 855-616-1620. Oh, the only show in town, by the way, that does this. Ask Steve anything. And we will continue that unique perspective. On Milwaukee Radio. What are you looking at me like I don't, I'm like making stuff up? Is that true? You're it the, is true. Well, they probably call it Ask. No, they don't call it Ask Anything. It's the only show in you town know, that does Ask it. John Doe anything. It wouldn't be Ask <laughs> no. Steve anything if it's a different name. Half the guys in town and women in town <laughs> are afraid to take questions. You kidding me? It, it deviates from their <laughs> script where they've written down all their hot takes. Come on. All right.
Fire today. <laughs> Fire coming from you. Fire today. I got worked up. Thank you for joining us. I, I changed directions quickly there in my head. Didn't mean to scare my producer. Did I wake you up? The guy wakes up early now, 2 o'clock in the morning. That's what you signed up for, Mr. Sports Big Shots. All right. Uh, lots of questions. That's why I extended the uh, It's the long version of Ask Steve Anything. Because, again, unique to this market. Full disclosure, stole it from a broadcaster in Minneapolis, Twin Cities Market. Like the idea. Generally does it like I do. Can be anything. Uh, lots of political questions. I, I, you know, I've spent a lot of time on the show talking about politics. There's a couple that are, I'm paraphrasing the, the question. It's like, is this the end of law and order in Wisconsin if, if Janet Protosiewicz wins the April general election for Wisconsin Supreme Court? No. Will it change things? Certainly. Changes every time we have different courts, different makeups, different ideologies, different leadership, different elected officials. Everything changes. Nothing is static. Whether it's abortion, remember that before the Supreme Court flipped abortion last year, you could get an abortion in Wisconsin. Then the Supreme Court did what they did, and you couldn't. So this idea that somehow things remain the same, I know that's the, uh, the general perception of old white guys, that they get to have all the power and decide things, but that's not how it works in the modern world. First off, women are in greater number than men. There's more of them. So that's one reality I think a lot of old white men should face. And when you're talking about decision-making, whether it's legislative, gubernatorial, judicial, things don't stay the same. Otherwise, we would have no need for those people. We'd have a great set of laws. We just exist. We can't even figure out what to do with a surplus in this state. we're, We're playing political games to this day. Couldn't be refunded last year because there's an election happening. Can't be decided this year because there's mass disagreement between the legislature and the governor. You want to piss people off in Wisconsin? Screw around with this for a couple more years. You want to see legislature shift quickly? Do that. And don't think I'm not going to talk about it. You're hanging on our money. That means you're taking too much of our money. And while, obviously, political parties have their own pet projects, I get it. I get how that works. But you have our money. I want some of our money back. That's not difficult. That's not brain surgery. That's the reality of living in the state of Wisconsin. Minnesota has a massive surplus, and they're already handing some of that money back. I will get fired up on that one. Enough is enough, folks. We get political tantrums. We know how they work. God knows we've heard about it on the radio for decades, here and elsewhere. I know it's popular. I just think it's dumb. The public should decide these things. Yes, we elect representatives to serve us, but they're not serving us. They're wasting our time and money. And just to further piss somebody off out there today, since that's what I'm doing, apparently, 
We paid over a million dollars for an election investigation that was complete and utter nonsense because some people were angry that their guy lost. And thank God the voters in Menominee Falls in that area said, finally said no to the prom queen of election shenanigans. My goodness. Danny, cheer me up. Oh, so now, now I'm supposed to be Mr. Happy Boy? <laughs> That's what I brought you on for. Cheer me up, Danny, from Janesville. Oh, oh gee. Uh, well, the li- life is beautiful and the weather's great. No, weather sucks and life is sometimes beautiful. What's your question? Yeah, what can you do? Yeah. Okay, so I'm out running errands, you know, my typical stuff. And I've been noticing this thing for about five years, and today, you know, I heard you get fired up, and I'm like, Okay, I'm getting fired up, too. What I'm wondering about is why, instead of pulling right up to a stoplight or a stop sign, people are, like, pulling up and stopping 20 feet shy. Or they'll pull up to a car that's, you know, sitting there and be, like, 40 feet shy of the car. And I'm just wondering, you know, it's like, what, don't you know where the line is? You know, is it, why are people doing this all of a sudden? It's a great, thanks for the call, Danny. I had to let you go there. But look, we are bad drivers. Same thing with railroad tracks. There's a line that tells you where you pull up to. Don't go past it. But also don't stop 50 feet short of it. Because cars have to queue. And the longer or the farther away you stay from that line, the longer it takes for the rest of us to get through that intersection or, or past that train track once the train's gone. I said it the other day. It's actually, I think it was in one of the promos. We suck at driving in this state. We're horrible. Can't even figure out the easy stuff. Yet we walk around thinking that we are like tremendous drivers. I hear that all the time. Oh, yeah, I'm a great driver. <laughs> it's, it's just so confusing. Uh, let's see. From Diane, so she responded to my my question about the Supreme Court. It's the end of actual law and order when an election denier gets on the Supreme Court. Yes, I I didn't have a chance to ask Dan Kelly that, that Dan Kelly that question, but there's a good chance he will be joining me next Tuesday or next Wednesday rather. It's Wednesday the first, I think it is. Next Wednesday the first, producer Brandon, looking it up. Yes, um, he will probably join us for the WTMJ conversations. We will ask him that question. It's a fair question. Election deniers, it's like the scarlet letter thing, right? You can't wear that proudly anymore. I'm sorry. And to that point, because somebody asked me this question, what about voters who support election deniers? I give you the benefit of the doubt the first time, because you don't always know, right? But after you've been told over and over again, after you've been demonstrated that the person that's advocating for these crazy conspiracy theories is in is in Looney Tunesville, you gotta I can't respect that you're voting for that person anymore. Sorry. I just can't. All right. Let's see. Uh okay, we've got a million questions here. If you want to join in, 855-616-1620. Uh, who is going to be under center for the Green Bay Packers in 2023? That is the question of the day, right? So we have to figure out who that's going to be. I've already said in a previous edition of Ask Steve Anything that I don't think 
Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded. I've already said that. So it would be silly of me to pull that back. Is there a chance? Sure. I, I don't know every inner working of the Green Bay Packers. I just think they're going to trade him. I think the road show, the side show has gone on long enough. And I'm a, you won't find a bigger backer of Aaron Rodgers than me. So given that, I would expect it to be Jordan Love. And we'll see, right? We, we drafted the guy. Let's see what he can do. I think given the schedule we're going to play, given the teams we're going to play, including in our own division, you, you see pretty quickly what the guy's about. He had, he had a good, what, half in the Philadelphia Eagles game. He played pretty well. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not a hater of Jordan Love. Where am I at on breaks? Did I already take a break? I did, Ron. Yeah. One more break. All right. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Brandon. Do you think I did that on purpose or did I make a mistake? I don't know. That was a tough one to tell because you looked know. away very nonchalantly, <laughs> so we'll just let it slide for now. Former producer Jordan. I hope he's doing well. I haven't talked to him. Have you talked to him? I have not. Okay. hope he's doing well. He got married. Somebody asked that question. Yes, Jordan got married. You might be the good luck charm. He gets married. I get married producing for you. Yeah. Maybe you have more skill and talent than you know. Yeah, a lot of people say that's impossible, but whatever. Uh, let's see. When are you going to have the cameras in the studio operating? So I just asked this question of my bosses last week. It sounds like some real testing will happen soon, like within weeks, a couple weeks. Uh, and I think it's going to start with the like the overall broadcast of the show. So you'll be able to, on our website, WTMG.com, and maybe a few other places, maybe the links will be provided, that you can actually see the audio and video of the studio. What you're going to see with me is I'm here by myself. Um, you're going to see that um, I'm gesturing a lot, sometimes hysterically. Um, you'll see my, my facial expressions, which could range from laughing hysterically, hopefully not too hysterically, or just like bewilderment at what someone just said. You'll see all of that. And from what I'm being told, the cameras are going to be high def, very, very clear. So it's not like the old days. Remember the old days you could barely see who I was? Partly because I kept the studio very dark. Well, we have to light it up. It's very well lit. So we have a, a wall of glass facing the Third Street Market Hall. That will continue. But the cameras, there's one, two, three, four cameras from every perspective. That should happen, I would say, by summer will be fully functional. Uh, let's see. Steve, when you pull up at an intersection, where should you stop? Right at the intersection? Don't think so. There's a tr- crosswalk there. And the stop line is probably five or six feet in front behind the crosswalk. Yeah, that's where you stop. The line tells you. It's not a guess. I don't get the question. It's not a guess. The line tells you where to stop. And not every intersection has a cross crosswalk, by the way. So follow the lines in the intersection. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, where our question for Steve? Do you think? Dan Kelly would welcome or seek an endorsement or campaign appearance on his behalf by Donald Trump. Fascinating question. I will save that one, but I'll answer it now, but I'll save it for Justice Kelly next week when he joins us. Um, I'm going to give a rather ambiguous answer. I think he would probably respond to it. I don't think he's going to enthusiastically say, look who's supporting me. I could be wrong, and I don't want to speak for him, but you asked me my opinion. I think he would do that. Because 
Donald Trump has, has shown no indication that he's not willing to speak up about Wisconsin politics. I mean, it, I think he in, endorsed Janelle Branson for Pete's sake. So, I mean, that willingness to do that is already out there. And given the fact that he is a candidate for president in 2024, I think he understands the significance of a Dan Kelly election as a Supreme Court justice of Wisconsin, potentially weighing in on the impact of what? What does Donald Trump talk about all the time? Election integrity. That's the interesting piece. So we'll ask him about that next week. Another Southsider, Chuck, joins us. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. What's your question? You know, I, I, keep on hearing you, I keep on hearing you about uh, quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers, and I agree with you. I'm, I, I said this to people in the past. I believe we should, in the first round of the pick this year, uh, pick down, get a get quarterback in a second or first pick, and get rid of our picks and get, pick up a good quarterback. That's all I look at it right now. I think we need a good quarterback. Because if we, once Aaron's gone, we're not going to do nothing. Really? And you keep on saying, we're gonna, you keep on saying Jordan Love is going to be good. I have to disagree with you on one reason. I watched that Philadelphia game. He came in at halftime. Philadelphia players were not on, uh, all the first-string players were not on playing that game. All right. So, That's fair. That's fair. Thanks for the call, Chuck. Look, neither one of us know. I've said I think they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't mean they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Your point, Chuck, is that they should get another quarterback. What do you think Packers' reaction is going to be if they draft another quarterback? Come on, we have other needs. Linemen. Always use special team help. There's there's a lot going on with the Green Bay Packers. I wish Aaron Rodgers well. I hope his uh, darkness retreat, whatever what was he calling it, whatever that was, deprivation. I hope it worked out well. Did we find out if he was on McAfee this morning? Did he not show up? He was not on, yeah. Okay, so maybe he's still there. Maybe he did an extended stay. Loved it so much. Maybe the uh, diuretics didn't kick in yet for uh, <laughs> Mr. Quarterback. Uh, we can do one more before the uh, the break here. Um, when I voted yesterday at the township, I voted in Waukesha County. After presenting my photo ID, I was asked to verify or verbally state my name and address. I don't recall this before. Why? I don't necessarily want everyone in line knowing who I am and where I live. My info is on my driver's license. I have not experienced that because when I voted in person, I said my name, they looked it up, and I was on the thing, the register, whatever it is, and then it was just matched up. They didn't say my address out loud, nor did I say my address out loud. Don't know if that's particular or specific to Waukesha County. Um, not sure. Also, text her if you were a new voter in, in Waukesha County. Maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, Carol Kane questions. We might have some Carol Kane news, by the way. I'll, I'll leave that for a, a different day. What is the average age of your listeners? I think it probably skews older, but we have young listeners, too. Mm-hmm. Teen, believe that teenagers listen. 12 to 95. That's the cool thing about having a radio show. You get everybody. I talk, I said this this morning in a private conversation that I'm going to make public. One of the challenges of doing this is I don't want all the same listeners. I want two things, two demands I'm making. I want you to tune in at whenever you tune in and listen to the rest of the show. Don't tune away. Don't leave. Don't go do your stuff. Stay listening to the show. That's one. And two, don't assume that only certain kinds of people listen to my show. That's not true. 
I've seen the demos. It's all over the place. That's a good thing. Spread the love. Spread the sunshine. I should make T-shirts or mugs. That's what I do. Nine to noon, Monday through Friday, on the biggest stick of the state, by the way, a radio show. I should brand this. Well, you don't have to check your brain at the door. You can't say that about all the other shows. Trust me. You don't have to check your brain at the door here. Ask my listeners. After the break, we'll refresh our show poll, which you guys are blowing up on the uh, election, and uh, we'll hear what Jeff Wagner is going to talk about. That's all coming up right here on WTMJ.